0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Hi,
2: Theory. Hi.
0: Welcome to High Theory.
2: In this podcast, we get high on the substance of theory.
0: I'm Sharonik Boshu.
1: And I'm Kim Adams.
0: We are two tired academics trying to save critique from itself.
1: In each episode of High Theory, we ask our guests, what the heck something is? How do we use said thing? And how will that thing save the world?
0: That last question inevitably provokes a response from our listeners before they even try to answer it. We get a lot of laughs, a lot of denials, and a lot of questions, well, about our question.
1: So we decided to make a new series of even shorter episodes, asking each other how a bunch of things will save the world.
0: Usually, we are asking people about big abstract ideas like alienation and civil disobedience, or specific research terms like neurasthenia and affective masculinities.
1: With this series, we're asking each other about simple things like hats and seltzer, horses and socks. They sound a bit
0: different too, so we are calling these episodes Sillies. Listen to the madness and then check our show notes for some topical and not-so-silly information.
1: Hope you're wearing your silly pants. Okay, are you ready?
0: Yes. Why did we...
1: I have to ask
2: you the question before you start. All right, yeah. So, how will horses save the world?
0: I envision after the world has been rewilded. You know, after like the artificial intelligence apocalypse happens and then all the cities, all like the civilization stops and the world is rewilded. So, basically, imagine like an I Am Legend landscape with trees growing out of skyscrapers. And I think in that situation, horses will lead the charge, pun intended, because they are kind of—I mean—they're kind of like the epitome of, I think, an animal on the threshold of domestication. Like, I think the the figure of the domesticated horse and the figure of the wild horse. Are kind of superimposed. This is a very kind of adventurous, ambitious cultural conversation where I'm.
2: You don't sound very ambitious. You sound tired.
0: I am tired because I mean I'm tired because I was thinking of the apocalypse. Um. I thought it
2: was because you haven't been riding any horses lately.
0: I have ridden a horse only once in my life and that was, so this was, you know how they have like horses on beaches.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So this was like, I was, I think I was like 10 or 11. And, um, this was like a, we took a trip to like a beach town. Yeah. And there was a very smelly horse, <laughs> and, but like, he was, he wasn't a pony. He was like an actual horse. Yeah. So he was, Like, even, like, for me as a child, he was quite, like, tall. Yes. And, you know, like, that put me on him. And it wasn't, like, a ride-ride. So, like, the person who was selling the service, he was, like, leading the horse, and I was on the back of the horse. But I remember distinctly that my dad, like, I mean, obviously, I was a child, and everything is big to me at that point. But I remember my dad asking him that, why do you have a giant regular-sized horse instead of a pony? (laughs) Um, Because, you know, you're um, attending to children. Anyway, but then, like, but that whole experience of, like, horses on beaches came back to me again. Oh, yes. Nothing to do with saving the world. But maybe it does. Because during my undergrads, I... No, wait. No, no, no. As my first year of MA, I read Peter Shaffer's Equus, which okay. is a nineteen seventy-three play about um, this boy who—it's very dark, um, psychological play about a boy who is who visits a psychiatrist because he's being caught mutilating horses. It's kind of religious trauma, and horses represent this kind of a, an omniscient surveilling god. And so the reason why he, it's brutal, but the reason why he injures the horse's eyes is because he wants to stop them from looking at him.
1: Do you know there's a horse in um, one of the Freud case studies, in Little Hans? I'm sure little hans is afraid of horses
0: yeah yeah <laughs> okay yes
2: anyway <laughs> um, okay so horses are all horses are all seeing gods no, they're, they're like, <laughs> for this.
0: but then i was also like i'm really, really excited about this new book
2: also about horses
0: it's not like Exclusively about horses, but it's by Sharon Patricia Holland. It's coming out later this year,
2: uh-huh.
0: called "An Other okay. Black Feminist Consideration of Animal Life." It talks about like intersection of Black lives with and like animal husbandry. Cool, how uh, you know Black people relate to the animals that they care for or the animals that they encounter, and um, yeah, and like part of that.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: I, I haven't I mean the book hasn't come out so I, I read the introduction I'm looking at it now
1: mm-hmm.
0: my left eye now possesses a horse's vision I see my enemies from two separate flanks and rapid movement make me makes me rear so this is like post after a fall where um, you know a person has been injured
2: once I fell off a horse
0: uh, yes, I think that story really will be more interesting than whatever I'm
2: saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did she fall off a horse too? <laughs> I did not fall off a horse, That sounds, but it sounds like traumatizing.
2: Uh, I fell off a horse when I was 13. Uh, it was the only time I ever attended 4-H camp uh, and the only time I ever rode a horse.
0: All oh, right, 4-H. I know what 4-H is because, well, our mutual friend Alex, I think, also did 4-H. Yes. And I know how big it is.
1: I don't know. The H's are though. It's like heart, hands, home,
2: and husbandry.
0: So no horse.
2: Horse and hearth.
0: Home, horse, and hearth. (laughs) I don't know. So okay, let me try to like rescue.
2: Well, I also read a book about horses. I read a book about um, uh, not just about horses, but it was about horse breeding in the Renaissance
0: all right i think i know what book you're talking about
1: yeah it's called the perfection of nature and i actually uh, wanted to have i i
2: haven't asked yet, but i would like to ask the author to come on high theory um nice
1: <laughs>
0: also i remember this other text which is a play called um Hayavadana. it's a Kannada play from actually so they're from the same time. So Equus was 1970. 1970- oh, I remember this because I wrote a comparative paper. <laughs> um, Hayavadana was 1971. Okay. And Equus was 1973. And Hayavadana was by uh, this Indian playwright called Girish Karnad. It's based on this Thomas Mann story, but it's like placed in this kind of semi-mythic Indian past where there is a guy who is horse from like neck up, well, basically like you know the horse's head transplanted, oh, uh, human body, but like, it's like as an I inverse remember, centaur, right? Yeah, no, no, okay. opposite of a centaur.
2: Yeah,
0: um, but like I I haven't read this in a long time, but I, if I remember correctly, um. Like he undergoes a change where you would think, like, the apotheosis of this hybridity is, you know, being kind of saved into humanity, Mm -hmm. that he transforms into a full horse. Uh Anyway, let me try to rescue this kind of incommensurate thoughts and say, my kind of enduring fascination is with this kind of trope of the horse's vision. I mean, you know, like, obviously, because the horse as a symbol of motor power is, again, very common. But all of the texts that I mentioned, they somehow engage with the horse's vision and how it's kind of, it's more, like, it's able to, like, surveil more than humans can which is why we put blinkers on them.
1: Wait, can I tell you first
2: a thing I learned about horses that I forgot until just now? Because when you mentioned the horse's motor power,
1: there was a equine influenza outbreak in the mid-19th century that like, nearly stopped America. Makes sense. Kind of crazy how much
2: society depended
0: no I know on the I horses. This. I read this, it was like mid to I think the eighteen sixties. I don't remember what document it was, but it was like people speculating about what life in the twentieth century will be like. So like one of the big problems I think in New York City I'm guessing also other big cities, but this was like and I think a New York paper was like the amount of horse manure yeah in the streets and like the like the sheer tonnage of horse excrement that this the municipal bodies had to deal with on yeah a basis and so this person speculating about life um, doesn't talk about automobiles <laughs> but it talks about a contraption that would clear out horse <laughs> Um, you know, really efficiently and really quickly. Um,
2: but Maybe horses can save the world by producing a lot of manure that then gets fed into anaerobic digesters, which then power the green energy revolution.
0: Yes. Do we have that many? <laughs> I don't have that many horses. Um No, but um, yeah.
2: We could get rid of all the cars and just use horses and then we'd have all the manure.
0: But again, again, in that case, I refuse to, in this kind of brave new world and in this kind of brave new salvific scenario, Mm -hmm. I refuse to let horses remain an instrument of humans.
1: All right. That
0: so. sounds
2: good, and also it's damn sure that we do not have a shortage of manure. So. No.
0: But no, wait. Let me read out some <laughs> Okay, I really because I I've always you know found it funny. I don't think horse racing should be a thing, but like I've always found it funny how horses are named. So in the Kentucky Derby, some of the stars are Mage, Two Fills, Angel of Empire, Hit Show. Uh, Race Cane, Rocket Can, Confidence Game, Sun Thunder, Reincarnate, King Russell, this is one of my favorites, Verifying, B-E-R-I-F-Y-I-N-G, Verifying, like the gerund form. Nice. Um, Jason wrote Cyclone Mischief. And then I went to Wikipedia, and mm-hmm. these are a list of undefeated thoroughbred horses. Nice. And some of them are... Black Caviar, Pepper's Pride, let's see, uh, Personal Ensign, which makes sense. There's an Australian horse from 1877
2: called Grand Flaneur. Nice.
0: An Irish horse from 1911
2: called the Tetrarch. Nice.
0: uh, And an Irish horse from 1999 called Queen's Logic.
2: Oh, I like
0: it. An Irish restaurant, two thousand two, called Footsteps in the Sand, but it's one word. <laughs> so,
2: have I told you my dog's full name?
0: That has a full name. Yes.
2: Yeah, so um, you said, he, and many people say that he is like a horse, and you could ride him. I would not advise that, but he is quite large, and his full name is worthy of a horse. Uh,
1: it is Paramount Bowwaters. Tag me in at. Darby Dale.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's... It's... it's dog, Dog's names are also bad. <laughs> in, in the show Parks and Recreation, which is set in a small town in Indiana, Palpone, Indiana, and it's about um, kind of the bureaucratic and personal travails of... Um, the government workers there Um, and there's this miniature horse called Little Sebastian
2: Mm -hmm.
0: who everybody is fanatic about right okay the horse doesn't do anything there's no there's no tricks he's just very cute with like shaggy mane okay there's this outsider character in this episode where he's I think that's the first episode where he's introduced and this outsider character, played by um, Adam Scott. So he's outsider. He comes from outside. And then the episode is kind of centered around, like, he doesn't get the point. <laughs> right? Because, like, this horse comes in and everybody goes literally bonkers insane. And he's like, okay, it's a horse. Um, what about it?" And people get really mad at him. <laughs> Obviously, that's a conceit. Yeah. About whatever, like small town quaintness or whatever. But I think little Sebastian is this kind of purest thesis because he doesn't do anything. There's no purpose to him. Like, he's just beauty. He's beauty without purpose. (laughs) Like, you know, and um, so I think uh, I think in like with uh, keeping in mind that horses are one of these animals that have been thoroughly instrumentalized Mm -hmm. there are also horses like little sebastian who refuses to succumb to that order and just stand for beauty (laughs) okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) well on that note i feel like i have some vague sense of how horses will save the world
0: please go ahead
2: uh if not black beauty little sebastian (laughs) this was something all right
1: And thank you for listening to High Theory. If you like our podcast,
0: please review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast fixed.
1: Owen Quinn composes our theme music, Sharonic Bosu and Kim Adams edit our audio, and Sharonic Bosu manages our social media. You can
0: find High Theory on the New Books Network and also on hightheory.net.
1: We hope you have a highly theoretical day.